Hey guys, this is Gail Kim from Impact Wrestling, and you are listening to the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast. Hey everybody, <laughs> Happy New Year, and welcome back to 8-Bit Suplex. We're back from a little uh, brief two-week hiatus. We went into hiding. We thought we might put some content out, but then we said, uh, well, I mean, it's the holidays, so we're a little bit busy. Uh, before we go any further, I do want to bring in, uh, as always, uh, my counterpart, my co-host, my partner in crime, my tag team partner, if you will, Sandy Gaviria. Sandy, Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year, Josh and everybody listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've missed you. I've missed everything. I've missed doing this. My gosh, it feels like it's been forever. I know because uh, we missed it the last week before we went on break. Also, uh, you know, of course, shout out to to Dan Coffin as you know always for jumping in. Uh, often last minute, uh, but you know he's a forty year old man with his grown kids, so he doesn't really have anything else going on. So, uh, but anyways, <laughs> thanks to Dan, of course, for that. Uh, before we get started, I, I do have to uh, to show you, uh, Sandy, uh, if we start to get off the rails a little bit towards the end of this, it is because, uh, for the listeners at home, I am holding up a, a tall boy of a Twisted Tea, which I am happy to report was the last one on the shelf at Walgreens. These things are yeah. selling like hotcakes. So, uh, I love it. That video was amazing. Before we, uh, before we get started, I guess you, you know, kind of crack that one open. Um, we'll get started. Um, and, and before we get started, started, um, you know, the holidays, always a fun time, but, uh, it's a reminder too, uh, that there can be some sad times as well. Uh, especially, uh, you know, when we learn the, uh, the passing of John Huber, uh, known to, of course, AEW fans, uh, as Brody Lee, uh, Luke Harper, if you're a WWE fan, um, really, uh, uh devastating stuff. And, and I don't know about you, Sandy, but, um, that that this wrestler death affected me in a, in a very different way um being that he is a father and he's got his two young kids and um and just the the universal appeal uh of john huber to everyone in every locker room uh, i i don't think i've seen anything like it in the wrestling world i don't think so either it's it's it hits it didn't matter what promotion you worked with. It was just the loss of this pro wrestler, this pro wrestling community. It affected every single person. Anyone who's crossed paths with him, people who haven't crossed paths but have been impacted by his generosity and his kindness. It's just it's really painful to see such a good person uh, leave us at such a young age and with his family. I mean, it's a very, very sad time. And, yeah, may he yeah. rest in peace. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and I do want to... You know, not often do we have uh, really the ability to say, you know, uh, look at how great this promotion handled this, but absolutely bang up job by Tony Khan and, and AEW, uh, truly honoring the life of John Huber. Um, and then also just to, to take care of his family too. Um, you know, it, that's it's the little stuff like that that brings humanity back into the pro wrestling world that um, you know, I'll be honest with you. It makes me feel better about spending my money there, uh, as a consumer. Um, uh, but more importantly, uh, from a human element, uh, definitely, you know, props to them. Um, and, and of course our thoughts and prayers, uh, continue to be with the Huber family. Mm. Um, the, the image of, of his son, um, looking at his boots, uh, wrecks me every time I see it. 
Um, oh my god! You know, and and, and having like a baby. Yeah, I mean, having a, a young son, I, I can't imagine what my son in that situation would be feeling if it were me. And and, and mm-hmm. so I, I definitely, I my heart breaks for the kids. Uh, my heart breaks for his wife Amanda. Uh, but seriously, um, if you if you missed the Broderly Lee uh, tribute show that AEW did. Do yourself a favor, please go watch it. Um, it's excellent. Everyone gave everything they had for uh, for his memory and his tribute. So, really awesome stuff. Um, and and that's yeah. I, I thought it was important to kind of make sure that we note that. Um, Absolutely, but, I'm glad. Yeah, and you know we're back from break, and so is Impact Wrestling. The last two weeks they did have uh, kind of their awards. And uh, for the end of the year stuff, and I've looked back through like all the top stuff. So uh, last time that we recorded, Dan and I kind of did a quick, uh, you know, Impact Wrestler of the Year, uh, Impact Tag Team of the Year, Impact Knockout of the Year, and of course the Comedy Act of the Year, which I think is very important. I think you'd agree, Sandy. Comedy is a huge part of this show, um, and so Absolutely. we thought we thought it we thought it was worth. Um, giving out our awards. Of course, you know, for me, uh, the best comedy act, as always, is, of course, my friend Tommy Trimmer, who <laughs> sent me a message once on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but I got to ask you, Sandy, since you missed, and we were very mm. sad of it, of course. Sandy, uh, oh. if we could, starting with uh, best comedy act and working our way up towards, you know, Impact Wrestler of the Year, um, who was your best comedy act uh, of the year? And of course, with the caveat, since Slammiversary, because that's really when we started this podcast. And started really deep diving on this stuff. Gotcha. Oh, let's see here. Comedy wrestler. So like you, my initial thought was Tommy Dreamer, but I cannot. My mind and my gut, they're telling me, no, this is Johnny Bravo's moment. That man is, his character, so committed. He's hilarious. Yes, as far as the wrestling is concerned, it's kind of like, all right, let's keep the matches short and silly. But that's how it is with comedy wrestlers, right? You don't want them in there having five-star matches. As long as they're effective and putting a smile on your face and killing that character, like, Johnny Bravo checks all of those marks. And I just keep thinking about the stuff that he was saying when he was on the the wrestler's court and how hard I was laughing at what he was saying and how he was saying it. The vote for me, best comedy wrestler in impact, definitely Johnny Bravo. Let's see, knockout. I think that's an easy one. Diana, she's absolutely killed it while an impact and continues to do so. Can't wait to see her and Taya go at it next. Uh, wish we would have gotten to see her and uh, Kylie Ray. Of course, that's a bummer because I mean, if it wasn't for for that situation, she'd probably be my my top knockout of the year. But sure. Oh well. And tag team, I want to say Motor City Machine Guns. You know, we started watching right around the anniversary, and that's when they became the champions. They took the championships from the North, I believe, after their longest uh, reign in the company for tag team wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, it and wasn't at Slammiversary that they took it. That's when they reappeared. Um, they answered the open call from the Rascals to start the show. And then uh, very soon after, Motor City Machine Guns did win it from the North. There we go. You have much better memory than I do. <laughs> so, I don't yeah, know about that. They've had a hell of a year. Oh, no, you do. And then, guys, is this really a surprise? Who do you think will be my, my wrestler of the year? I'll give you three seconds. I'm going to say it's your man. Da. My man, Rohit Raju. <laughs> hell yeah, man. 
I have been just completely enamored by this man. His character, his in-ring skills, how he has portrayed himself, his championship run. To me, he's been the most entertaining and fascinating thing while watching Impact Wrestler. He's been my biggest takeaway. So, Rohit Raju, my wrestler of the year. He was, you know, the Impact, um, actual Impact Wrestling named Diana as their top wrestler of the year, which as yeah. a woman, I'm like, hell yes, you know, right on. But <laughs> deep down in my heart, I was kind of heartbroken. So I was like, that should have been Rohit Raju. <laughs> <laughs> so in this award ceremony, I give wrestler of the year to Mr. Rohit Raju. Congratulations. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that Rohit Raju might value our awards more than, you know, the Impact Awards because our Impact Awards are not kayfabe. They are, you know, these are you and I and Dan, because uh, Dan filled in, uh, you know, we gave our mm-hmm. votes and this is like a real thing. We didn't ask fans. We didn't come up with a storyline, you know, kind of the run heart. through this year. This is what we actually feel. This is, you know. No cap, as they say, <laughs> uh, as the kids say. No cap. So, uh, without further so ado, say, I'm too old to say that. Yeah, you're too old. <laughs> I'm too old to say that. I don't even think my kids, <laughs> my kids might be too young to say that. By the time yeah. my kids, are, by, by the kid time my kids are old enough to say the catchphrases of the day, I will be way too old to say the catchphrases of the day. But that doesn't mean that I won't stop doing it because, as we all know, dads are, you know, we have to do that. We have to say the trendy things to embarrass our children. Um, you know, so we'll get there. We'll get there. But, uh, you know, we kick back off uh, another week in Impact Wrestling here um, with a preview of the uh, X Division Tournament, the Super X Cup, that is going to be happening at Genesis, uh, which if you're listening to this on the day that we release, is tonight. So this is a timely uh, release of our podcast here. Um, Crazy Steve, Ace Austin, Blake Christian, and Casey Navarro squared off in a four-way match. Nice to see Ace Austin return here. Uh, I thought he'd get the win. Yeah. He, actually, he actually does not. Crazy Steve, of all people, winds up getting the win, and it was from uh, doing actually good wrestling. It wasn't uh, you know gimmick-related. It wasn't comedy-related. I've actually – I'm becoming more and more impressed uh, with Crazy Steve in the ring here, Sandy. Um but, you know, we have a couple of Impact newcomers and Blake Christian and Casey Navarro. I thought they both had a pretty good showing. I uh, really enjoyed the work that Ace put out there. I thought this was a pretty damn good match. It was a fantastic match. And it was everything you can expect from the X Division. Um, you know, this is very athletic, very fast-paced. It was really great seeing new faces in the division. Like you mentioned, Blake Christian, who I've seen have some amazing matches uh, for GCW. And Casey Navarro, who I was not familiar with before, but it's good to, I think what Impact is doing so great now is using that independent talent, talent kind of like how AEW is doing with AEW Dark. Like, hey, if you can come into the show, we'll pay you to have this match, get some exposure. If you wow us, if you impress us, if you want to stick around, be a part of our roster, hell yeah. And I feel like that's the way that's the way to go and kind of get all these guys exposure. So I thought it was, it was really fun to have those newcomers in this match. And it was very fun, Fatal 4-Way. Um, that any type of audience can enjoy. I too was surprised that Crazy Steve got the pin. Um, I really thought Ace Austin being coming, you know, coming back and and because he's been he's been gone for quite a while. He yeah, really he's been on explosion a couple of times. Yeah, but since the mm-hmm. tag team loss, he's pretty much been on explosion. 
Um, mm -hmm. I think once or twice, but he's, yeah, he's been off of TV for a while. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a couple of months, I want to say. So it was really great to see him back. I really thought this was going to be his, his, his win too. But like we mentioned before, when we see Tracy Steve with, uh, who was it? Brian Myers. The mm -hmm. dude can go, you know, ditch the goofy gimmick or, you know, tone it down and be more serious rather than just, you know, goofy, blind, crazy, monkey dude. He has too much going on. <laughs> you he can does. see that he can actually go. So we'll see how, we'll see what happens. But this was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? I think this is actually a pretty good time here, Sandy, to talk about the Super X Cup uh, that's happening at Genesis. Uh, just to give a quick preview uh, of what's going on, as mentioned, those four guys are all in it. Um, we'll see in the first round, Ace Austin versus Suicide. Uh, no no word on who will be in the Suicide Mask uh, for this. Davari versus Cousin Jake. Casey Navarro versus Blake Christian. And then Crazy Steve versus Trey Lamar. Um I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I had mm. thought uh, that they were going to go with, it, it seems Ace Austin was inevitable, and, and that's not to use his own tagline. Um, but I, now that Crazy Steve is winning this four-way, I don't know. Could Crazy Steve win this, Sandy? Well, what are the implications here? Whoever wins the tournament will be the runner-up for whoever wins the championship at I, Hard to Kill, right? I so they'll think, get a title shot? Yeah, you? I think they get a title shot because they win the X Cup. They actually win a trophy. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I have no idea. So, But Ace Austin is still going to be on tonight's show, right? Today's show. Or no? Does it yes. Qualify? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Qualify? No, no. Yeah, yeah. So the whole, the whole tournament is... is uh, taking place during Genesis. So the first round is Ace Austin versus Suicide, and then Davari oh, versus right. Cousin Jake. That's on the one side of the bracket. The other side is Crazy yeah. Steve, Trey Lamar, uh, and then Casey Navarro, Blake Christian. So potentially it could be Ace Austin, Crazy Steve in the finals, which feels like, because Crazy Steve has a bunch of guys that aren't signed mm -hmm. on his side, it feels that that would be the most likely case that Crazy Steve advances there. Um, I'm going to say Ace Austin wins this thing. That's just my gut from the start. Um, yeah. Was named the X Division Superstar of the Year um, by Impact. Uh, so I, I think he keeps the ball rolling and gets off to a hot start here at Genesis. I agree. You know, I think having him win this match would have been a little too easy. So throwing in that like, oh, what if Crazy Steve can take it was kind of like the, the purpose. But right. yeah, Ace Austin too. That's who I got. He's also got his uh, ace up his sleeve, and not just the card that I'm talking about that he pulls out of his sleeve, uh, <laughs> but he also has Madman Fulton, and we all know that Madman Fulton can cause some havoc. Um, so it will be interesting to see uh, kind of where we go there. Uh, next match on the card, we see uh, Cousin Jake and Rhino uh, come out to the ring and call out Eric Young and Joe Doring uh, for a tag match, and what we see instead is Joe Doring tagging with a new look Cody Deaner, who I believe is now only going as Deaner. I believe he dropped Cody from his name um, and shaved his head completely. So um, this he was looks like the one dude from um, uh, NXT that God, it, what's his freaking name? I the Forgotten Sons, like one of the Forgotten Sons guys. I don't know their names. 
Uh, not the one kinda... that used to be a tag team with Murphy and not the one that's with Elias right now. The other one. Damn, You're talking about team. Cutter? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't yeah. he look like him now? <laughs> a little bit, but, like, like, but still like 50% of his weight class. Like, <laughs> yeah. <we're... laughs> Cody Diener is still a very small, very small guy. Uh, very uh, uh, limber, I think, is the word they would use there. Um, <laughs> but this match was okay. Um, it, it got to see the new look Diener, and we actually got to see uh, Joe Doring in the ring for the first time in an official match, uh, which was pretty exciting to see. Uh, and he looked pretty brutal. Yeah, we finally got to see it. Um, I can't wait for him to go longer because you know, we I've read and heard many things about him from was it all Japan if I'm not yep. mistaken mm-hmm. or. Yep, all Japan. So I'm really excited to to see what he can bring to the table, bring to the Impact roster. But as far as this match goes, you know, it's a pretty short match. It's just here to progress the storyline between uh, Cody Diener, well, now Diener, and then Jake. And um, what we see here is then after the match, uh, Cody Diener does get the pin. He pins Jake, cousin Jake. And um, an aftermatch beatdown beat was about to happen. But, of course, we have uh, Tommy Dreamer. He comes to the rescue and yep <laughs> josh is excited tommy uh puts out a challenge out there you know three versus three three on three old school rules no dq falls count anywhere uh match between uh, all six men that we see on our screen at hard to kill so that match that card is also shaping out it is it is especially since it is a week from today um you know, impact when they run these monthlies and and they also are running. I'd like to see them spread out their big pay-per-views a little bit from the monthly specials. <laughs> so we're not on back-to-back yeah. weeks. But also, we all know that January is also Royal Rumble. So I'm sure they don't want to bump up against that weekend at all either. Um, so kind of can't fault them for that. Uh, too much. Um, I, I'm at a point now, Sandy, where if Tommy Dreamer's booked on a pay-per-view, um, it's going to be old school rules. I don't know why they bother announcing it. <laughs> <laughs> like we just can pretty much expect it. I was like, wait a minute. But then you just do one. Right. And you know, when I, I, I may be wrong, but traditionally I think if false count anywhere is applicable, that's also no DQ. I don't think I've ever seen a false count anywhere that could be a DQ. So it seems a little redundant, but I think, Tommy just likes saying old school rules, if I had to guess. Um, I think you know, I was like, wait, Tommy, you're saying the same three things over and over. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but hey, listen, if it, if it works, it works. You know? He's got a so, lot of concussions. It's okay. He has. He, he posted a video <laughs> on social media this week, Sandy. I don't know if you caught it, but it was from an old like, ECW house show, I think. And he was thrown from like 20 feet up down through like three tables. And then he actually hit a Formica concession stand table with his shin, uh, which he proclaims oh. he can no longer feel anything in that shin, um, oh. which I believe because, you know, the way he kind of stumbles around, <laughs> it makes sense that he can't feel things in his legs. So, um, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe not do old school rules every time, Tommy. That's we're, <laughs> we're concerned for you. You can do other things. <laughs> Work a hold. <laughs> right. Uh, no rest holds, though. Damn it. No rest holds. Um, but yeah, uh, before we get to the, uh, impact knockouts, tag team title tournament, semifinal match here, 
Uh, am I missing anything of note that we want to make sure that we highlight before we move on, Sandy? Because I think the post-match beatdown might have been the only thing. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I lost you there for a minute, Josh, but I think I can make out what you said by asking to see if there's anything before the, nat the match. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yep. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> I was trying to make it out. Internet's so weird sometimes. Ah, no, we just have a lot of uh, little backstage segments that I'm going to briefly point out. Uh, Matthew Palmer interview. He's accepted a challenge from Moon. Uh, he has to last three minutes in the ring, which we will see later on. Mm -hmm. And Diana Parasa with Kim, they come out to the ring. Um, they cut a pretty good promo. Um, Diana's there to call out Taya's uh, apparent downward spiral of delusion and denial. And Taya responds. She comes out with Rosemary. They kind of just do some, some smack talking back and forth. I thought it was great. It kind of very simple, straight to the point, you know, like, sure. screw you. No, screw you. And I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to beat you. And then just kind of getting us ready for that Um that meeting at Hard to Kill between the two of them. And Rohit approaches uh, Chris Bay backstage saying he forgives him for weaseling his way into the exhibition match at Hard to Kill. Um, and he kind of talked his way into getting Chris Bay to join him on this plan that they come up with to prove that TJP is in fact manic and that he shouldn't be the champion. So they go to TJP and then just silliness from, from those guys, of course. And an interesting little backstage from Rosemary and Tennille Dashwood. Um, Tennille Dashwood approaches Rosemary saying things like, oh, you know, when, when one door closes, another one opens. I think she was trying to get her to be her tag team partner. And Rosemary was just like, door closed, not interested, bye-bye. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an interesting string of things. And I do want to point out in the uh, Taya – uh, Deanna uh, stare down that uh, at one point Kim tries to step up and Taya just dismisses her with the most like vicious one-handed shove uh, I've ever oh seen she just tossed her like <laughs> she was the, you know Dale bread just like get out of here <laughs> I don't know was... Kim even try to get up from that she just say because they're all wearing heels and then she I just know. falls and it's like uh cannot get back up <laughs> it's, it's that whole like heels and miniskirt thing I, I don't know why Kim continues to do it because that's got to be uh, – when you know there's going to be physicality, I, I just – you know, I, I worry that she's going to try to stay modest while falling and wind up hurting because she's not falling correctly because she's trying to stay modest, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. So, you know, I don't know. I've, I've personally never <laughs> worn a mini skirt, so I can't speak to, like, how the, the machinations of that. But I don't know. I feel like you can fall better when you're wearing pants. My two oh, cents. Yeah. My two cents. I just have a visual of you wearing a mini skirt now too, so thanks for that. Appreciate it. Well, you know, uh, that's what I'm here for <laughs> in this audio medium is to provide lots of visuals, right? Yeah, we have to we have uh, to paint the picture with our words and with our voice and with our inflections, Sandy. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want to see this. All right, well, well, let's move on then uh, to the next match. All right. The Please. Impact Knockouts <laughs> Tag Team Title Tournament Semi-Final Match, which is a big old mouthful of things to say. Uh, and oh, it was God. Havoc and Nevaeh taking on the team of, of course, the legendary Jazz and Big Mama Pump herself, Jordan Grace. Uh, this thing goes a, a just under 10 minutes. I thought it was actually some pretty good work from Havoc and Nevaeh. 
I'm always a little bit nervous about what's going to happen there. Um, but I thought they had a pretty good match. Um, I got very nervous when Havoc hit Jazz with the pile driver. Um, it did not oh. look great. Uh, Jazz didn't look like she got her head tucked properly. Um, but I, it, she didn't absorb any impact on her neck, it looked like. So uh, I might have to go back and look at that again. Um, but of course, uh, Havoc and Nevaeh, because of the aforementioned pile driver, win the semifinal match and move on to the final round. Um, I was a little shocked by this outcome. I didn't think they'd bring Jazz back just to have her lose in the semis. Really? You know what? I thought for the longest time, I still think Havoc and Nevaeh um, could possibly take it, go all the way with this. Um, they've been, I think, the, the longest lasting tag team, knockout tag team. They're the ones that have been solidified as a tag team before any of the other ones in the tournament formed. Sure. Which gives them, you know, the advantage and that good contendership for the title. So I really thought I I still think that they're gonna they're gonna get it. But what I was really surprised from from this match is the heat was put on by Jordan Grace and Jazz. Nevea and mostly Nevea took the heat. You know, we see an eye rake from Jazz for the cutoff. And then they go into the heat, and I was like, "Wait a minute! Aren't wouldn't Havoc and Nevaeh technically be the heels at this point?" So that yeah. to me was a little a little odd. We do see Grace, uh, Jordan Grace, and especially Jazz as these baby faces. Like, oh my gosh, this powerhouse of a tag team. We love them. Why are they the ones in this position? I guess I don't know. I was very confused from that. I personally think that the pile driver was completely safe. Um, Jazz's head is like a mile away from, from the map, from what I saw. Right. I think she was just a little hesitant to go up and get into position and maybe Havoc was just going a little too fast, but no, she, she was a mile away from the, from the apron. So oh, yeah, she no, no, no. yeah, she, she definitely yeah. wasn't close to the apron. It was just, she didn't get, her head looks like it's on outside the thigh of Havoc. Oh. Like she didn't get it tucked in between her legs. That's all I was saying. It, it, it just looked oh, a little you. bit out of control. But she was, yeah, she had a good foot from the, she wasn't, she wasn't close to the Yeah, oh no, she was good. <laughs> yeah. Havoc's a big girl. She protected her. It was good. There was a massive sit-up powerbomb, though, from Havoc to Jordan Grace. Do you recall yes. that? Yes. That was brutal. She was so high up in the air. And Jordan Grace, also a big girl. So that was impressive. I was like, yeah. holy shit. I thought, me, the, I, I thought we were ending it there. Up. Yeah, I thought that was yeah, it. That was massive. Yeah, so it was really good, and I love. I gotta say, I actually, I absolutely love the strikes and the elbows from Jazz. Like when she mm -hmm. throws those elbows, it's not just the forearms to the chest that you see a lot of women do in wrestling, which I don't really care for. It's the actual, you know, hitting the the elbow to the neck and making it look like you're actually like trying to hurt them and trying to like punch them and elbow them. So yeah. Jazz, man, those, those strikes. She's got to come over to the school and teach me how to how to better those because those were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think anyone would be fortunate to learn from Jazz uh, about anything. That's for sure. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, great match. And we see uh, Havoc and Nevaeh will advance to the finals at Hard to Kill. Well, they'll, of course, take on the team of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Um, to me, it kind of sets it up for them. For I, I'm, I'm not going to give away my pick. I'm just going to say the tag we've pointed out on this show many times that Josh Matthews and Madison rain buried the lead a lot in their commentary. 
Um, and they've been talking about how Tasha Steeles and Kira Hogan are the favorites all along. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see if that's them continuing to show their hand uh, or if they were just building up a false confidence in the audience. Uh, but we'll preview that match uh, next week when we do the preview for Hard to Kill, uh, certainly. So, um, but uh, yeah, Sandy, why don't you take us through uh, what happens between this and the uh, three-minute challenge? The three-minute challenge. So we have, um, all right, so Matthew Palmer. Not familiar with this guy. I don't I don't think I caught what happened um, with when, when the challenge was actually put, but I'm like, okay. We have a three-minute challenge with Moose, of all people. We know his his character and demeanor lately. So I'm like, okay, we're about to witness a murder happen, which it kind of seems that way from the start. We see a massive standing rock bottom, some tremendous ground and pound from Moose, of course, onto this poor Matthew Palmer dude who drives 10 hours to be security at Impact and then right. you know, got his opportunity <laughs> to actually be in the ring. So he's taking it and then he's, Poor Moose, uh, actually not poor Moose, Moose over here just saying, you drove 10 hours for this? You drove 10 hours for this? Exactly <laughs> what I would have said. So, <laughs> right. We see a brutal powerbomb. I mean, it's just annihilation. Matthew Potter does get a pretty pretty freaking sweet jumping knee when he's pretty mm-hmm. much being taken down completely by Moose. And he's just kind of like freaking out of nowhere, just pops up and gets him in with the knee, which I thought was pretty cool. So he got he got a couple of strikes in, not, not much. Um, but while the beatdown's going on, Willie Matt comes out, of course, and he doesn't interrupt, but he comes out to cheer on Matthew Palmer saying, get up, get up, get up, you got it. And Moose got, just got distracted and the time runs out. So Matthew Palmer with the win. Who knows what this means for this uh, Palmer character? Maybe a new introduction. Maybe it's just a one-time thing. Do you know anything Could about be. Him? Yeah, so just a, a couple of programming notes about Matthew Palmer. He is an independent wrestler, of course. Uh, he is also the husband of WWE's Ember Moon. And he was also trained by Lance Archer. So a um, couple of pretty cool uh, little connections uh, there. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. So hopefully he can get more opportunities in Impact or elsewhere. That's a good little starting point for him. Uh, I yeah, don't know. I mean, he said he was doing this for 14 years. <laughs> That's insane because he looks so young. Yeah, I think he – so I'm looking. He's had a lot of independent wrestling championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also, at one point in 2015, was named number 490 on the PWI 500. So we're a few years removed from that. But, hey, you make it on the, the PWI 500. That's pretty cool. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, uh, you know, it was, it was a, like you said, it was a beatdown. It was fun. It was, you know, it, it served a, a purpose to get us to uh, today's uh, match at Genesis between Willie Mack and Moose in the I Quit match. Um, and I think this is probably a good time to talk about that match. So, I don't know... I don't know where this goes if Moose doesn't win, but I also know that Willie Mack has said over and over and over again that he'll never quit. So, I don't know, Sandy, what are you thinking here? It's really tough because we do see Moose with this momentum and, you know, after beatdown after beatdown on Willie Mack, but it's happened so many times already. It's like, okay, when when is this going to be over? You know, when is Willie Mack going to get the upper hand? Like, we're... 
where exactly is this going? We've seen this heated rivalry between the two, but there's no, I guess for me, there's not enough of a why. There's no end game here. Like, why, why are we, why is this happening? You know, it's right. cool. I love to see these guys go. They, they both can beat the hell out of each other. But what is the end game in this storyline? And I don't think that's been really clear. No, it, it really hasn't. And and that's why I, I'm I'm so hesitant to choose who's gonna win mm-hmm. this match because it, it could be a classic situation of does it matter? Um and obviously it matters because you know these guys are gonna go out there and, and beat the ever loving crap out of each other. Um but man, I I don't know. I'm gonna say moose. Um just because I don't I, I don't it has to end. So I'm gonna say mm-hmm. moose. You know, I'm leaning more towards Willie Mack, only because, you know, the past few times Moose has gotten the upper hand, and maybe this could be, you know, Moose after the EC3 uh, fiasco, he's kind of, he looks like he's gained a new purpose in in his character and what he's headed towards, but it's still a little unclear. It's like kind of he became unhinged, but with a clear view, which is a little a, a little bit of a dangerous dangerous combination. So if sure. he loses to Willie Mag, you can kind of put him into like a shock of like, oh shit, what am I doing? You know? Right. So maybe and then he could he could spark something else where he goes and you know has a feud with someone else. But uh, I I just think Willie Mag has just been beaten down so much with no upper hand whatsoever. So I'm I'm leaning more towards Willie Mag. We'll uh, oh yeah, we'll see. I mean, either way, I think we're in for a lot <laughs> we'll of fun. Go either way. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? While we're here, let's just go ahead and talk about the other Genesis match on the card. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you know, Jordan and Jazz were getting a lot of heat. I thought for a minute, um, in that match, that Jordan was turning heel on Jazz. Um, but then backstage, she apologized because she stormed off after the match. Um, and then she requested uh, from Jazz a dream match of hers which would be Jordan Grace one-on-one with Jazz at Genesis. Um, and it seems to be a friendly match. Um, but, man, uh, I'm excited for this. Um, I'm so excited. I'm very excited. I think Jordan Grace is going to win. Um, because, as we all know, legends in wrestling, they go out on their backs. This is, you know, you, that's what you do. You got to put the next uh, guy or gal over. Um, but I think it's going to be a, a pretty good, you know, I'm interested to see how long Jazz can go um, at this point in her career. I think it'll probably go about nine, ten minutes, and we'll see a pretty good showing. We'll we'll see a real Haas fight, uh, if, if you ask me. Um, I'm ex- I'm really excited for it. I'm really excited too. So during this tournament, we didn't get to see Jazz take a lot of bumps. I think she was a little hesitant on taking bumps. So we'll see. And it's and it's easy to to steer away from those when you're in a tag mat when you're in a tag right. team. So being being one on one is a little different. So we'll see how we'll do it. But I think it'll be great regardless. Jordan Grace is a hell of a worker, and Jazz, I mean, freaking legend. Uh, definitely see Jordan Grace putting uh, going over, of course, and then just a sign of respect. Old generation and the new generation. Um, I think it's great. We did see during this backstage segment that Jordan asked Jazz, like, "Hey, you know, I'm sorry that I called you out of your retirement for us to lose in this tournament, but." I think you still got it. You can still go. How about, you know, becoming a permanent member of the knockouts division? 
Jess seemed a little hesitant. And of course, before she was able to answer, she said, hey, how about just to match me and you at Genesis? So that's what we'll, right. we'll be getting. So it'll be interesting. I don't think Jess is going to stick around longer than that. But I think no. it was a, a nice little like uh, tease. <laughs> so I yeah. thought that was cute. It was a really good segment between the two. Yeah, I mean, let me rephrase that too. I don't think she's going to stick around. And I don't think it would necessarily be good if she did. Just because yeah. she seems like she's ready to retire. Um, she's doing this nice little last run. Uh, you know, and in my opinion, it seems to be to elevate Jordan Grace is why she came back. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I think Jordan Grace is as part of the future of anyone in, in women's wrestling. Um, and I think going over a legend uh, definitely helps, right? We, we typically see oh, that. Absolutely. Uh, it's not normally spammed like uh, Randy Orton killing all the legends. Um, but, <laughs> you know, um, I, a quick sidebar, because I thought it was kind of funny. Like, they they had Randy Orton uh, Randy Orton beat Jeff Hardy on Monday Night Raw this week. And WWE social media is like, Randy Orton slays another legend on Monday Night Raw. I'm like, hold on a second here. <laughs> Are we really going back to Randy Orton, legend killer, when he's wrestling a guy that he came in at the same time as? Like, it's yeah. not like, it's not like Jeff Hardy's like 10 years his senior. It's not like, you know, Randy Orton's beating this Titan of the business that he, he grew up watching. Like they came in at the same time. Like I think Randy Orton is maybe a little younger. Um, but like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of like, we get it. That's his mo- that's one of his monikers, the legend killer. But this is he beat he's beaten Jeff Hardy like seven times in the last two years. It's not a big deal. You know? so. It's really not. And Jeff Hardy actually gets beat by like most people nowadays. So that poor man needs to retire too. <laughs> and and I'll say one thing before we move on, our, you know, from, from Hardy talk. Um, please for the love of God, quit using his his gauge holes. Um, for spots and matches, oh, God. just stop. <laughs> just stop. It's not cool. It's not funny. It's just, ugh. Hey, the first I, time it happened, I kind of popped. I was like, oh, that's genius. <laughs> Why has okay, no one sure. done this before? Well, <laughs> when he when he when he wrenched the the screwdriver through his ear, that was a little much. Um, and then Sammy <laughs> Sammy handcuffed his ear to the ladder. Uh, this year was it this year or last oh, year? Yeah, I think it was this year. Well, not this well, 2020, not 2021, obviously. <laughs> I keep forgetting that it's 2021 because time time is a flat circle right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But the, the, that's enough hearty talk, I think, for now. <laughs> um, at some point in the show, uh, we did see AC Romero is trying to um, figure out who set up Larry D to get Larry D out of prison. And now AC Romero is wearing the same Sherlock hat that Tommy Dreamer previously wore. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I pop for that. I thought that was pretty funny. She looked so ridiculous in that little fit. I, I was, I <laughs> honestly, at first I didn't recognize him. I was like, who the hell? Like, for a second, I thought it was Falab, Falaba. Falaba, Falaba right. right? Falaba, Falaba. Falaba. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like for a second, I thought it was him. I was like, I'm so, I was so confused for like five seconds, Josh. You, I'm not even exaggerating. I was literally like staring at him, like, who the <laughs> hell is that? And then right. I figured it out, but it was ridiculous. Well, it doesn't help either that you know his scene was with Johnny Swinger, who chews up the scenery in every scene that he's in, right? I mean, he's he's like this, you know. Think about those actors that you watch movies and like, you know, think about like 
every time, let's say, Tom Hanks is in a movie, your eyes don't move off of Tom Hanks, right? I feel yeah. the same way about Johnny Swinger. Like, he's he's just, it's so vibrant and loud, and I, there's no one more into his character, I think, than Johnny Swinger. Okay, pause a moment. We need to rewind all the way to the beginning of the show where you asked me who my favorite comedy wrestler was, and I said Johnny Bravo. I meant Johnny Swinger. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's all right. We'll leave it in. <laughs> I can't okay. believe I made that mistake. It's okay. It's all right. You know what? This this lets the listeners know that we're human, Sandy, and that we're not infallible. You know, we make mistakes. We've all called people wrong things. I'm so upset. I am get out of here. Humans make mistakes. Whatever. They shouldn't be named Johnny and then Johnny. <laughs> Get out of here. And also, <laughs> hold on. Johnny Bravo, I immediately think of the cartoon, which is right. more like Johnny Swinger. I don't know who the hell Johnny Bravo thinks he is, being able to call himself Johnny Bravo. Well, Anyways. now remember, Sandy. Remember, Sandy. <sighs> and and we are still recording. Uh, John E. Bravo, right? That's yeah. middle initial. And then yeah. Johnny Swinger, it's G-O-H. In it, why, why, and in why. So, I don't know. So you I don't call John E. Bravo, you say Johnny Bravo. I always pronounce the middle initial, but that's maybe just oh. me. But well, you know. I'm foreign, English is my second <laughs> language, and I have bad memory. <laughs> that's my excuse. But yeah, man, comedy rapper Johnny Swinger. Johnny Bravo, get out of here. I can't believe you let me say that it was Johnny Bravo. I feel like you knew deep down I meant Johnny Swinger. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't think about it. I thought, oh, yeah, Johnny Bravo's done some funny stuff. He got shot. So, you know. That's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, we are fighting right now. I'm upset. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> fighting, <laughs> fighting with the women in my life is kind of a commonplace thing. But, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my but gosh. Anyways, I like let's I need get to this. apologize to Johnny Swinger. <laughs> Yeah, apologies oh. to Johnny Swinger, Daddy. Um, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Getting this train back on the tracks. Uh, we have a singles match between Eddie Edwards and Sammy Callahan. Now, this is a funny situation here, Sandy. What do you think the actual bell-to-bell time is on this match? Oh, my God. Oh, bell-to-bell, it was like a minute. Minute, 13 seconds. And it was about yeah. 11 minutes of actual TV time because as uh, the entrances are happening, of course, these two guys aren't going to wait for the bell. They're not going to wait for the entrances to finish. They just have to beat the piss out of each other. Um, and uh, Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards, they beat the piss out of each other, Sandy. They sure did. I mean, <laughs> so I walked out of the room for like a second during their entrances. So I thought while they were beating the hell out of each other, when I came back, and I'm like, oh, it's an ODQ match. It's a grudge match in the making. Like, duh, they've been at it for years. <laughs> right. Uh, or whenever that initial bad incident happened. And then they get back in the ring and then they ring the bell. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> hold the phone. <laughs> and then they keep tossing the poor ref around. <laughs> so then, of course, after the second or third time he got pushed around, he said, enough, like, no contest. You guys have to respect the, the ref, but the ref leaves and they continue to fight and they just continue to beat the hell out of each other. Eddie Edwards, I don't know if you've noticed, 
he has had a little bit of a different intensity completely pouring out of him, which I'm actually totally digging because before it's like, yeah, the man can go, he can wrestle, but like character wise, it's like whatever. But ever since, God, what was it? When he came back and he, I think he attacked Samuel. I don't know what the hell happened. He was, he had a, a backstage promo and he was like, I have all this adrenaline. Oh, let's go. Now, whenever he gets outside uh, and yeah. he goes in the ring and he goes after Sammy, like, at one point during this beatdown in the very beginning, Sammy is just throwing these nasty kicks right at his face while he's on the ground. And he's laughing. He's yeah. laughing about it. So he's, like, yeah, maniacal, just, like, yeah. crazy. Yeah. So he's kind of, like, a little hysterical, no longer giving a fuck, just wants to kill Sammy. So I'm digging it. If he can keep up that intensity and maybe down the line, you know, Let's say down the line, this this feud finally ends, (laughs) and he ends up being, you know, the the victorious one in this feud, and he continues this on this path of destruction with that kind of maniacal, hysterical type of personality and character we've been seeing him lately. I'd be into it. That'd be cool. I I think I think and and this I think this could end at Hard to Kill. It feels like it could end at least for a time at Hard to Kill. Um, because of course, because of the double DQ, they wound up making a match for Hard to Kill, which is going to be a barbed wire massacre match. Um, so I will not be watching that match with my children. Um, but you know, and we'll preview that match, of course, when it happens. Um, but yeah, I I thought this this it's hard to call it a wrestling match and talk about it as a wrestling match because it really wasn't. Um, but I thought it was a really good segment. Brought the intensity up. Got you. You know, we got one more impact before. We get to Hard to Kill. Obviously, neither of these guys are on the Genesis card. Um, so nothing there. We see the reemergence of Ken Shamrock. And I don't know about you, Sandy, but having Alicia locked up and Eddie running through the warehouse trying to find her, I was like, in my mind, because I'm so conditioned by other other promotions, in my mind, I'm like, there's going to be like some bomb go off and he's going to think she's dead. And it's gonna sit in my, like I just I just I'm my whole I'm like oh my god they're gonna kill Alicia Edwards like or make it look like it right <laughs> the whole time because I'm because because guess what WWE would would definitely run that angle right like how many exploding vehicles <laughs> oh, yeah. and bombs and shit have they set off over the years I mean they threw Rey Mysterio <laughs> and Aleister Black off of the roof of the Titan Building at, at Money in the Bank last year so who knows right um, but yeah I'm so conditioned from from. Mm other professional wrestling to think that something horrible was going to happen. And all that really happens is he, yeah, Sammy Callahan can't figure out how to tie him up with the barbed wire. And then he just hits him with a bat. Um, <laughs> Cause I don't know if you noticed Sammy was struggling with that barbed wire a little bit. Um, he was struggling. <laughs> I was, so Sandy, bad. Sandy, this, this is, this is one of those things. And I, I think impact mostly does a good job. This is a taped show. You, and, and even if it wasn't, that's the type of backstage segment that they would have done a pre-tape for, like, well in advance. Why not redo it at, and have it be a take that Sammy does the barbed wire well? Yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, why not just redo this? Like, were, were you guys scared? They're like, you guys do know you have to do a match with this now, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so... It seemed uh, like know, he was, like, scared to touch it. And I was like, um, well, that sucks because you're going to be all wrapped up into it later. Yeah, I I mean, Hard to Kill is going to – it's looking like it's going to be a pretty brutal pay-per-view. 
between uh, a barbed wire massacre and, of course, um, the old school rules match. Um, and, of mm-hmm. course, uh, the other match that was announced for Hard to Kill Sandy, uh, which I'm being informed by sources, um, is the last impact match of Ethan Page. And he'll be taking on the Karate Man. Who, okay, of course, Ethan right. claims is not him. What the hell are they going to do with that? How? I, well, it's obviously a cinematic match. Um, but Karate Man says that he only fights in Kumite, which is, of course, from um, the uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Um, but uh, who knows? I it, I think this is going to be some... Things will be very entertaining. Um, and we'll give a full preview next week. Uh, but they did announce this match this week. I did want to point it out and cut out as another one of our favorites is nearing the end of his run here at Impact. Um, it'll be interesting to see so uh, what happens after Ethan moves on to Josh Alexander. Uh, if we see the walking weapon uh, re-engage himself as something else um, and, and leaves tag team behind and just goes towards the X division. That's what I'm thinking and kind of hoping. But we'll see. We'll see. But that wraps up uh, this week in Impact. We do oh, have. We missed something. Well, I think I'm going back to it. If it's if it's oh, who, because okay, okay. we we have to talk yeah. about the man the man that is on the lips of, of every pro wrestler uh, podcast, um, every Twitter feed, um, and, and of course that is uh, of course Doc Gallows. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's Kenny Omega. Um, <laughs> Doc Gallows, of course. Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson, the Good Brothers, of course, along for the ride. Um, but they get the uh, the beat down on <laughs> Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns again. And then on Dynamite this week, after Kenny Omega's match with Phoenix, uh, which go out of your way to watch that match. Absolutely incredible match. Oh, my God. Insane. Uh, um, it, two of my favorite wrestlers, uh, period. Um, yeah. the, uh, and, and put together the, uh, the timeline here, Sandy, because it's a little muddled in my head. Uh, Omega Phoenix ends Moxley comes out and then the good brothers jump John Moxley and then yes. the young bucks come out and it looks like there's going to be some fighting and then they throw up the two sweet did I get that right so they were kind of like what the hell is going on you know the good brothers and uh the young bucks and Kenny one of two actually two of the guys that went in to help Moxley uh, like indie guys that jumped the, the rail went and grabbed Kenny by the arms towards the rogues as if they were going to do something. And then the young bucks super kicked them. And that's when they all turn around and throw up the two sweet. So, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. It's been a week. It's been a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through my, uh, my twisted tea. I don't know how I'm going to, I can't finish this. It just, I thought I could finish it in the length of one podcast. I don't know. We got some gaming to talk about. I know people that are we tuning into the gaming are like, finally. But uh, if we are seeing more involvement here, uh, Sandy, um, between Impact and AEW. Uh, AEW had a, another hilarious commercial on this week's Impact. Definitely go check that out. Uh, Tony made a funny joke about how he had another $100 that he found in a card from his grandmother. So he'll make another ad next week <laughs> for Impact. Um, really funny stuff with him Tony's and Tony Schiavone. Tony's job so great on uh, on camera when he does these. He's so charismatic yeah. and yeah. so genuine, and he's hilarious. It's really cool. 
really good commercial stuff uh, and really yeah. good cross promotion. Um, you know, I, I never in my life did I think that another uh, wrestling promotion would get to promote the fact that Snoop Dogg was going to be on their show on a completely different channel. They could never hope to pay Snoop Dogg enough money to be on. Um, so it, it very, very funny stuff. Um, and then of course I, I will call out Snoop Dogg did go from the top ropes and, uh, you know, <laughs> go, go for, uh, what I, I assume is he's calling that the, uh, the dog splash or something like that. But, um, the dog splash. <laughs> I don't, you can, you can speak to this, uh, more Sandy. How terrifying is it to go on the top ropes? It's freaking the most terrifying thing in the world. I'm not even joking. Like, you know, he he barely did a hop off from it because it's it's really it's freaking terrifying. I've done Yeah, you're up there. What have I what have I done from up there? Not I don't go up there very much. I'm like, uh I think I can do like a double ax handle from up there. I've done sure. cross bodies from there, a cross body to the ground from up there, which is even more terrifying, but there were like two giant guys catching me, so I sure, felt okay. Sure. But even when I do that, I don't jump away really far because I'm like Oh shit! So I kind of just drop. I also have something called Leda, so my jumping ability is not that great. <laughs> maybe maybe Snoop Dogg has Leda. I don't know, but it was really funny. I can't believe he went up and did that. It was pretty funny. Of course, you know he is uh, related uh, to Sasha Banks, uh, who immediately called him out on Twitter and was like, uh, uh, "Listen, she was like, listen, fam, we gotta we gotta work on this." <laughs> yeah, Sasha Banks, of course, no, famously does a great splash. Yeah, no, that was really, really cool move, really cool situation. Um, and we are, of course, heading full steam ahead, too hard to kill. Uh, and now I'm starting to wonder, Sandy, if we don't see the Young Bucks show up at, at Hard to Kill or, or something uh, down the line here. That would be something, huh? That would be crazy because I don't think they've been back there since their fiasco many, 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 many years ago. Yeah, I don't think since they were Generation Me have they been back there. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, all I can say is, uh, you know, in in Callus, we trust. That's kind of my... I adore that man. I think he has such a great mind for for the workings around wrestling, whether it be in commentary, whether it be in his and his character work, whether it's producing, I completely trust that man. I think he's so creative and he can do so much. And I mean, he already has, you know, it's been a, a slow, a slow burn, slow buildup when it comes to this whole AEW impact um, uh, collaboration. I guess yeah. you can say, because we still don't know the full details just yet. And in the beginning, you know, everyone tuned in to find out what exactly it was. And they don't give us, they didn't give us any information. So no. it's a slow burn, but I think that that'll be the best going forward, you know, get, get little things, little sprinkles of, of this uh, collaboration here and there. And then just see where it goes and where these matches can go. If the Young Bucks turn up an impact, that'd be freaking historical. Yeah. You know, it'd be pretty uh, great. Or, hey, listen, I would love at some point to get a Motor City Machine Guns Young Bucks match uh, on, oh, on get, yeah. like, All In or whatever the next AEW pay-per-view is. That'd be a great cross-promotion thing, I think. Um, and yeah. I, I thought it was – and, and I was watching Dynamite, and and I, this may be my ignorance, but I don't believe most ringside managers have the same earpiece that a referee does. And Don Callis did. So I made me wonder if he wasn't the one that was booking that match um, oh. between Omega and Phoenix. 
and and that may just be my ignorance. I don't know, but I I've never noticed another manager having an earpiece uh, ringside. No, that's a good so. observation. What, was he on commentary at all, or no? No, Jericho was. Oh, that's it was right. just Jericho and uh yeah. But of course, you know, Jericho is, is putting over Kenny and, and Cal as hard as the the uh fellow uh natives of Winnipeg. Um, that they are. So oh, yeah, but anyways, yeah. I think uh I, I think need, I need Lance Storm to work with these companies again. You know, know, he was furloughed by WWE. I don't think they brought him back. Lance, where are you? He needs to go back in there. <laughs> I, I he's gotta be close by, I think. Or did he I don't think he went back to Canada. Unless he had to, but I think he's still here. I think he's still pretty close to where we are, Sandy. I don't know. So, but you know, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up uh, on the wrestle talk uh, aspect of what we do here. Um, and and for the first time in a long time, Sandy, we're going to talk a little bit about video games. Oh my God, it's been such a long time. I'm so sorry. We need. We'll, we'll be better at this. We got to unmanage. We are. We are working on uh, putting together a list of topics. Um, we obviously we have the big topic that we talked about that we might do over the break, uh, which is of course Pokemon. We will get that out. We will do that at some point. Um, maybe you know, as we get caught up on things and get back in the groove here, um, the just the the other people that we wanted to have come on with us too. Obviously, they were busy and they were trying to do their own shows and get those pre-recorded and, and put out content. Um, so. We didn't. We ran out of time. It is coming. It is going to happen. Uh, but for today, I think it was. It's apt as we talk about the new year, Sandy, uh, to kind of take a look back and, and remember some of the fun we had playing video games this year. So uh, you know, maybe we'll just uh, go back and forth here a little bit and talk about some uh, some of the best experiences we had with video games this year. Hell yeah, Josh. So this year, of course, we were all under lockdown, under quarantine once maybe a couple of times depending on where you're listening from um so video games you know if, if you weren't working if you didn't have the opportunity to work from home if you were just furloughed if maybe um you just had to take the break or maybe you you come in contact with somebody and you need to stay home for two weeks what do you do you know we have i have a, a huge collection of books that I, lo- I love to read but hey video games that's that's where i go <laughs> so this year was we had lots of time to do so. I, of course, when we think about the games of 2020 and same with any other gaming uh, magazine or website, what is one of the ones that has been talked about the most that kind of saved us through this quarantine? Maybe not even people that play video games on the regular. It's Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing literally came out right as we were all going into freaking quarantine the first time back in march if i'm not mistaken my god that seems like it's forever ago yeah so this created a drought of nintendo switches like thankfully you and i we already had our switch we're already gamers we love nintendo i already had that thing going i (laughs) my my boyfriend gifted me um animal crossing and i'm so thankful for that and it was just such a, a nice, relaxing way to get out. You know, we couldn't leave our house. So what do we do? We play Animal Crossing. We go and plant our our trees. We go take care of our town, of our islands. And, man, it just it, it was more than just a video game. It was kind of like therapeutic almost in a way where 
you know, we have all this chaos going on, on going on around us, but then we have something stable with routine that's normal, that's peaceful, that's friendly, that's good to your soul in Animal Crossing. Right. So if there's any memorable game, memorable more a more memorable game out there, bleh, um, I don't know. For me, it's just Animal Crossing. And if I had to vote for Game of the Year, in my personal opinion, number one would be Animal Crossing: New Horizons. What about you, Josh? Yeah, no, I it I think that's a really good call. Um, I, it's hard to, it, it's hard like you said, it's hard to put into kind of words what video games were this year, right? Um, the video game industry as a whole grew twelve percent year over year, which is insane for the amount of size that, that the video game market is. So uh, there was $139.9 billion in revenue for video games this year, um, which is okay. astronomical. Absolutely. Um, and, and actually, some numbers say $179.7 billion. So um, you're talking almost $180 billion was spent on gaming um, in 2020. So that is – it speaks to what was going on, right? There were 14 games. 14 games that grossed over $1 billion in, in 2020, Ooh. which is right. <laughs> exactly. You look at it and you go, oh my God. what in the world? And what's interesting <laughs> to note is that eight of those games, uh, nine of those games really uh, are free to play games uh, that people would just spend money on. Um, mm. So uh, it's crazy that, Candy Crush Saga is still in the top 10 highest grossing games. Um, <laughs> Shut up. It made $1.6 billion. Oh my God. That's insane. So, uh, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, Pokemon Go finished in the top five, making $1.9 billion. The highest uh, grossing game of 2020 was PUBG. Um, which grossed $2.6 billion. Holy shit. Which, hey, listen, if you come up with a good game uh, and you make it free to play with a lot of uh, pay-to-win options, people are going to pay. Uh, and that's proof there. Uh, but no, my my game of the year stuff uh, it does is not uh, related to pay-to-win pay to games uh, at all. Um, but for me, it was something... I. Animal Crossing is a good call for me. Like I kind of ran out of what I was experiencing there, and so I kind of put it down. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, love the fact that it brought basically this podcast together. Uh, so big shout out to that. But mm -hmm. the the game of the year for me is the one that took me back to my childhood most, and also put a new spin on it, and that's Final Fantasy VII remake. So. For me, Ooh. Final Fantasy VII, uh, I, I think I've mentioned it on this part uh, before, but Final Fantasy VII is, like, if I think of a game that I played in my childhood, it's Final Fantasy VII. The battle music, I, it it's it rings true to me every time. The menu music, I can hear it and, and be transported back to being, you know, eight, nine years old playing that on the PlayStation. So for me yeah. to play a, a an enhanced version of it, right, and to play uh, with new controls and experience a new thing. And then uh, to hit all the plot twists um, that really showed that it was a true remake and not just an HD reskin. 
which we've seen those time and time again. And if I think at the end of the day, if it had been just an HD reskin, that would have been upsetting. Um, but really, it, it, it took me back in a lot of ways. And it's not a perfect game. Uh, I don't know that one exists. Um, but for me, uh, my top game was Final Fantasy VII Remake for sure. Um, but, you know, some people didn't like it. They were angry. Uh, I, I loved it. So for me, that's my, my game of the year, Final Fantasy VII Remake. But, you know, teach their own. What's, a, what's another game that you really enjoy playing, Sandy? I got to follow up with you, Josh. So did you, did the remake meet all of your expectations or what, what is it something, why, why is it that people aren't completely happy with it? Would you say? So I think, because so this is going to be a side, a side conversation that brings in other elements of media. So for me, like, I think Final Fantasy fans are similar in a lot of ways to uh, other fandoms. So, like, take Star Wars, for instance. There are people that absolutely hate what Star Wars was in the most recent trilogy. I'm not one of them. I love the new trilogy. I thought it was great. I thought it had awesome new characters. I thought it ended things yeah. rather nicely. I thought it wrapped up well. But some people, you know, like to rage on the internet and say, well, that's not what Luke Skywalker would do. Um, and so, I think Final Fantasy fans, uh, they jumped at, at this game and they said, well, no, this isn't how this goes, or this this is different from before. I don't like this, right? And so for me, like, if, if I I wanted to play a game that was almost a reimagining, I, I was excited that it was going to be a different battle system. That was pretty much what we knew about it going into it. And then we knew that it was going to be released episodically. And people had a problem with that. They wanted the full game up front. But then when you play the first one and you're like, wow, okay, like, there's a lot more to this game in this first part of what Final Fantasy VII was originally, because the first t- the first city that you're in in Final Fantasy VII in the PlayStation, that's now an entire game. So they're expanding, they're fleshing out characters, they're doing storytelling that they couldn't do because of the limitations of the PlayStation. So for me, like all of my expectations going into it were, I'm going to play the same story with a new battle system and maybe some additional dialogue and voice acting. And then when they came with basically a completely new game, but I just had the characters that I knew about, I was like, okay, like it completely subverted expectations. So for me, that was kind of, you know, that's, I really thought that that was a really good uh, adaptation, recreation way to go with it. And I think that took a lot of guts too, because people were going to be critical of them changing things. So, yeah, it's like, it's always those things, you know, people, people are so, they're very hard to please, you know, when somebody does a remake of something, they want to, most of the times they just say, hey, leave it exactly as it was, it was perfect, that's what we want the remake, but then at the same time, they're like, when you do a remake that's literally just a remake of, of, a, of a beloved video game from the past, right. they're like, oh, well, there's nothing new going on here, why am I spending all this money again? You know, they're not even trying to be creative. And it's like, okay, which one do you want? Like, you can't do one or the other without people being upset. So it's, I think you have to be willing and open to accept and, and welcome new new ideas, new things, even mm-hmm. if that if those things are within your favorite uh, video game and your favorite, you know, this goes to anything, your, your favorite band. You know, if, if you're listening to a band and 10, 15 years down the road, you're like, oh, they changed. They don't sound the same anymore. 
do you expect people 15 years later to sound exactly the way they did back then? No, it's unrealistic. You have to, you have to evolve, you have to change, you have to progress. And it's the same thing with video right. games, books, bands, movies, you name it. So it's just very hard to please. So I'm very glad that you liked it though. Yeah, absolutely. I was never a Final Fantasy person. So <laughs> I, I think I, I read maybe like when I had, God, what was that renting video game subscription? Gamefly when I was like younger. I think oh, I sure. rented one. I was just like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I just don't yeah. get it. If you, if you didn't play a bunch of them, I think the series at this point is harder to get into just because it's, so confusing. it's like what is happening right <laughs> and, and that's and that's not because that like they're not continuing stories for the most part right each entry is its own thing and if you kind of understand there's a a kind of a set common lore that shared similar creatures similar magic similar summons you know those are kind of shared between the games you know chocobos are obviously in every game um but once you kind of figure like, the core of what the final fantasy lore is um then you can kind of build off of the each if each game has a different take on that that core set of rules um and then you know there's different every every final fantasy game on the playstation had a different battle system every final fantasy game on ps2 had a different battle system so they're constantly changing the battle systems to make it you know okay try it this way so it doesn't grow stale and then there's some people mm -hmm. like we'll bring back this one or bring back that one but um, yeah, it, I, they, it's definitely a series that if you, you're not like, if you don't dive right in, you're not gonna, it's not gonna stick. Well, that makes sense. Cause that's, that's definitely what happened to me. I was kind of just like casually playing and I was like, what the, what the, I honestly, like I was playing, like I couldn't get into it. I was just so confused. Nothing makes sense to me. I was like, what are all these characters doing? Like, excuse me, <laughs> Sir, how did you get here? <laughs> like I was right. so lost. <laughs> It was so silly. So let me see here. I'm thinking too. So, though we've talked about this, but we actually haven't played it yet because we're I don't know, we're slacking, Josh. I you know. know, I think 2020 was a big year of indie gaming in yeah. in in the sense of uh, the popularity of Twitch and Twitch streaming. Of course, we're all freaking locked down. Everyone was like, I want to freaking play some video games and and put it on Twitch and a lot of people have been very successful in, mm -hmm. in getting a huge following from it and making some money from it. So hell yeah. We've seen a lot of this happening with games such as Among Us and Fall Guys, which I haven't played either of them, but they have been, they've had huge years. And like we discussed this before, Among Us was actually released, I believe, uh, 2018, but it was because of this quarantine and Twitch that they gained such an incredible amount of popularity that they, I mean, everyone knows what Among Us is. And you don't have to be a gamer. You don't have to have, have played it already. You'll know what Among Us is. You'll know what those little characters are. Same with Fall Guys, you know? Little kids are absolutely obsessed with them too. There's yeah. there's merchandise for them. You know, the parents will go to the stores like, I need I need a little little stuffed animal for Among Us, a little <laughs> little dude. <laughs> you know, right. and they're being made and displayed everywhere. So it's been a huge year for not just mainstream gaming, but independent gaming as well. And that's a huge uh, and part of uh, Twitch. Huge yeah. part thanks to Twitch. Wait, that's, that's weird. <laughs> I think I think we're we're hitting that we're hitting that hour of the night, Sandy. That 
things are making less sense for us, but I think the listeners will be okay. Twist the T update. I got about a quarter of this thing left. So we're, we're working Ooh. on it. <laughs> I'll probably when finish, we finish it, it. We gotta go. I'll finish it. I'll finish it probably uh, while editing. Um, but I'll say, uh, you know, it, it definitely felt like a year for uh, every big game to be kind of met with controversy too, right? Like, so Final Fantasy VII, obviously we already talked about kind of what people were talking about there. Um, but a lot of people, it, it, this is like the ultimate love it or hate it game. And that's The Last of Us Part Two, um, where people were just absolutely losing their minds over the fact that, uh, you know, oh, you know, your character's a lesbian, and oh, you're this, or, or that, you know, oh, this doesn't make sense, or, you know, this character is this, and oh, this person dies? That's ridiculous. I don't want to play this game. And, like, they felt victim, uh, Nidog did, to, like, people leaking what happened in the game before it was released. Um, which is really unfortunate. And, and so people were choosing plot points to single out without playing the game in full context. And they got completely destroyed on Metacritic uh, in their user score because people would pick plot points that they didn't like and just say, oh, I'm going to go spam this as a one. So um, it changed a lot of rules for how Metacritic works, how Rotten Tomatoes got changed, how they work, uh, their system. Um, but... For me, for my opinion, uh, Last of Us Part Two was absolutely an incredible game. Um, it, it was the best-looking game uh, on this generation of consoles. Period. Um, the amount of detail in the in the backgrounds and in the in, in the actual characters themselves was awesome. Um, like I'll compare it to a game that came out later in the year that was kind of pushed more towards uh, next gen, which is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, which I recently picked up and have been playing. That game has amazing backgrounds, but when you get in close to the characters, it's that, you know, we, if you've played an Ubisoft game, you know what the characters kind of look like. You know what I mean? Like, they're oh, kind yeah. of they're kind of not drawn correctly, and, like, I've, I've experienced, like, some major glitches where, like, I'll, like, trigger a, a fancy kill, but the body's not there, and so, like, my character's literally just, like, choking out air and then like you know and then oh here's the twist i'm gonna twist the next uh, the neck of the air and then scream in its face after i kill it because i'm a viking so but you know typical typical ubisoft stuff um yeah so but but yeah naughty dog doesn't i i didn't have any glitches like that at all playing through the last of us part two so for me like it was it was a really well-made game um and then we also had of course you know the controversy of cyberpunk uh, to deal with also and oh. how bad that's launched and how long it got pushed back and i mean uh, believe it or not i think originally cyberpunk was slated for a 2019 release um and thank god it didn't but it also isn't a done game so i i don't know sandy it, for me like I, I think consumers have to find this balance of we need games to come out but also we want games <laughs> to be finished when they come out yeah, and you know, there's lots of different parts at play when it comes to this, you know, your investors, your timelines, people's right. jobs, people's money, you know, um, prolonging the release of these of these games affects people's money, you know, people that have put their own cash into like, hey, where's my reward? Where's my money back? Right. We're supposed to have it already. And that's one thing that I can say, which is another 
another of the million of the plethora of reasons why I love Nintendo is because when they feel that a game is not completed yet, they will not release it. And they'll right. prolong it for as long as they need to. And they're very apologetic. They'll do Nintendo Directs to keep us updated on other things. But they're Absolutely. straight up and they're honest with you. And they say, hey, we are not completely satisfied with the with what we have for this game that we promised you. And it's going to be delayed because we want to give you a product that we're proud of, that you're going to love. And that's that's what happens. That's, that was the whole issue that they had with, and you know, and I feel every every generation of consoles goes through this. Whenever they're they're switching from current gen to next gen, there's always those games that were supposed to be released at the current gen, and it's like, oh shit, now we have to worry about next gen. That right. always happens. It's really sad to see. Like I was completely heartbroken when when we thought Zelda Wii U was supposed to come out, and then that never happened, and then they turned right. into Breath of the Wild, which I am so thankful for because Breath of the Wild was just a completely fascinating, beautiful game. And they, they really put their, their all into it, even though Zelda Wii U had to be completely pretty much scrapped because of the right. switch to the next gen and the failure, well, failure of Wii U. I love my Wii U. So it's really sad to see Cyberpunk kind of fall into the situation too, where they were all current gen. I'm pretty sure they had most of the game. Well, no, because what they released now with all the bugs was current gen. But I think they just kind of twisted everything to work towards next gen. And now this one, something happened here. Something got lost in the shuffle, you know? Right. It's really, it really sucks too, because it's not very often that we are, that the whole gaming community is excited about a brand new IP, brand new story, brand new characters, brand new guns, brand new fighting, brand new everything, right? And so right. to see it happen to this game that was such a highly anticipated game, we were all so excited for it. And for it to receive the reviews that it's getting now, all the glitches, all the errors, to the point where it's been a failure because they've had to, they've given people their money back because at some point it was just, the game was just completely unplayable for some people. And, you know, they're they're taking responsibility for it. They're, they're saying, hey, we'll give you your money back. And that, that takes a lot because they're losing so much money from this, right? But you know, at the same time, it's it's sad, you know. It, I feel like it's one of those things that can't completely 100% be faulted on them. Like I mentioned earlier, there's just so many different things that happen in the background that the normal player may not be aware of, or they or they don't care to be aware of it. They just want the game to work. <laughs> Which right. fair enough, you're playing, you're paying 60, 70 bucks for a year. You're gonna want it to to work. So I get that too. It's just a shitty situation. Um, but I actually wanted to point out to the last of what, uh, uh, last of us, that is the one gaming series that I feel terrible for having a war against Sony and not owning a PlayStation. <laughs> I've wanted to play the last of us for so long. Like when it first came out, I was like, oh shit, brand new IP. Oh shit. Zombies. Oh shit. The actress, I forget her name already. I was so excited and I read up all about it and I, I pretty much watched videos on YouTube with people just playing it all the way sure. through so I feel like I played it myself because I couldn't play it and I refused to get a PlayStation um but The Last of Us 2 you know my friend David he played through it and he told me it was a beautiful game he he said there was a lot of points where a lot of points where he was frustrated and it made you like the game made you upset made you mad but that was kind of like what was great about it is that it, it took out so many emotions from you while you were playing through it. So I hope that one day I'll be able to maybe play it, <laughs> but we'll see. Sure. I'm really yeah. sad about that. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful game. 
It really is, and and it's like like you mentioned, like Last of Us Part Two, like maybe the story is not perfect. Maybe there's there's the little things here that you might say, oh, I might have done it different. But at the end of the day, Naughty Dog put together a really fantastic game. They leave it open for additional games in the series to come. Uh, HBO greenlit a series for it, so there's going to be more content oh. around it. So, and it, I don't know that they've said uh, whether or not it's going to focus on Ellie or not. So I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, it, it's a successful IP. Um, one of Naughty Dog's biggest. Uh, of course, that's that's hard to say with Naughty Dog. You did Uncharted and countless other great games. Uh, and I did just want to point out, okay. too, that Cyberpunk did uh despite all the problems there's there's still at 13 million copies uh shipped or or downloaded so so they still sold a lot of games um and i'm i'm hoping uh that some of that money will go back towards uh patches and different things like that and cd project red is is typically pretty good about fixing things and giving free updates and uh not charging for things um you know playing the witcher that's kind of like an upfront thing like you know like you're going to get the Witcher and you don't have to pay for patches and different things like that. And, and I, you know, some of there's going to be a free additional content also. So, um, so maybe it gets fixed at some point. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's been a a really up and down year. It it feels so strange that like, as I'm looking at like games that came out in January and I'm like, that came out last year. Like (laughs) really? Like how is that a thing? Right? Like Dragon Ball Z Kakarot came out in January of last year. That feels like four right. years ago, right? Like it felt like, I, I don't know, but you know, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm looking, okay, like what else came out last year? What else came out? Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's been a really long year. I'm happy to have oh, it. I'm happy to have it behind us, Sandy. Um, oh my God. Obviously this year has started out crazy again. Um, and, and we're not going to get into a big, thing about that um because we, we want to try to be more wrestling uh and video games oriented um but um definitely definitely we need to turn this thing around 2021 we got a lot of work to do <laughs> we can definitely have it a cannot good year be going. 2020 we, part two i'll kill we, us all <laughs> <laughs> i think somebody said like uh, you know, on twitter like oh good move december 37th 2020 um but, I saw that. I laughed so hard. <laughs> but I think I think this will be a great year, uh, Sandy, uh, in video games. I think it'll be a great year in professional wrestling. I'm hoping you get to do some shows again soon that we can come out to. Um, we're gonna we're gonna work on new segments for the podcast here. Uh, we're oh, gonna have a ooh. lot of guests in the uh, coming up this year. Um, so uh, you know I I'm excited for what the year brings, Sandy. Uh, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy, so I won't make one. Uh, but I'll just say uh, this year we're going to have a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be much better than last year. Oh, my gosh. Yes, we, we're learning. We're progressing. We are we're ready to take this to the next level. And I think you guys will be really excited to uh, hopefully check out what we have in store for you. You know, we're thinking we're not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything just yet because it, you know, it's still a work in progress. But we want to get some some new exciting voices for you here in the show, and I hope hopefully you guys will enjoy it. But Josh, before we head out, any other honorable mentions 
when it comes to video games, anything else that you played? Mm. I feel like we haven't talked enough about video games, so I'm like, I'm, I'm ready to still go. Right, yeah, <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. We got, we got cranked up on it. Um, let me see, what else am I playing? Yeah, I, I picked up some stuff, and, I, and I'm, I'm backlogging really bad again. Um, I did pick up. Uh, Dude, I've been 20. backlogged since the Xbox 360. I still I have know. games from my Xbox 360 that I didn't even open. <laughs> I, I'm sure I have NES cartridges that I haven't played, Sandy. Um, oh my but god! But that's just that's just what, what about we do. Oh sure, yeah, I played through that. Uh, I finished that one. That was really good. Um, uh, Star Wars Jedi. Uh, that was was Jedi whatever that game was. Did that come out this year? Here's what I'm talking about. Uh, Fallen Order. I think Fallen Order came out this year. I played through that one. I played. I played most of the big uh, AAA games, um, and I and I really enjoyed most of them. Um, let's see. I wanted to do an honorable mention of Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity, which came out oh, yeah. this year. Yeah. So I played. I I bought the original Hyrule Warriors uh, on my Wii U, and you know it's exactly what what we thought it was going to be it was just a hack and slash yeah. uh game you know this yeah, the same formula from it's the dynasty warrior yeah it's dynasty warriors but with zelda characters exactly or monster hunter too i think that's another one that i was that it was uh, compared to right i can't really recall but you know so somebody announced hyrule warriors age of calamity i was like oh here we go another one of those that you know have really no purpose in the storyline they're just kind of like a, a, a simple spin-off um, when mm-hmm. it comes to the Zelda franchise, but I did play this game and I was pleasantly surprised. And, and actually, I, I would say this is one of my biggest um, surprises on 2020 when it came to video games. They actually had a storyline that goes along with Breath of the Wild. So it, it came as a huge surprise. And they did say that in the Nintendo Direct that I remember seeing and then the, in the commercial for it. But I was like, okay, they're just going to throw a couple of things in there. Like, no, the storyline for Hyrule Warriors is actually very, pretty in-depth. And, in, and it comes into connecting the dots with Breath of the Wild and the rest of the franchise while having, you know, your hack and slash fun, which I found, like, really, I was really sure. pleasantly surprised. And another one of mine, which is the one I keep playing, which Logan is probably so sick of me playing already, <laughs> is Call of Duty's, um, Call of Duty Black Ops. Cold War, God damn, babe, there's so many of them. I'm like, which one is it? Da, 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 da. Right, you got to so figure out which the subtitle me, goes where. Yeah. Right. Oh, my gosh. I haven't played a Call of Duty game in so freaking long because after a while, it's just like the same thing over and over, right? And, you know, shooters, you know, whatever. There's a, a, a dime mm-hmm. a dozen, you know? And I think the last one I picked up was Black Ops 3, which for some reason the Black Ops games to me like are my favorite. But this one, holy shit, he's been playing the the storyline. I haven't really got into it, but I've only been playing like multiplayer online and stuff. Beautiful game. We haven't been able to play co-op in you know the same screen because it, it literally looks like we're playing on a PC from 1992 <laughs> when we do that. Like it is terrible. So still lots of glitches, lots of lots of things to to walk walk around, but it's so much fun. I love the maps, weapons. I mean, everything. He loves the storyline. It looks, it's a beautiful game. So I've been having a freaking blast lately just playing that online. So if anyone is on uh, Xbox Live, my gamer tag is Sailor Zelda with two R's. Same with the, what's the freaking, 
Activision account thing so you can play online? Also, Taylor. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have an Activision account. I for some reason I have a Ubisoft account. I don't know why. And it's very strange because when I first started playing uh, Valhalla, I got an email saying, "Oh, you're playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla." I'm like, "What, what the fuck are you doing? Like, get out of here!" Like, I didn't realize that you were paying that much attention to Ubisoft. Okay, uh, maybe you should pay more attention to the allegations of sexual assault inside the company. Uh, but that's perhaps a topic for <laughs> another time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's been a, a really awesome uh year for gaming and and it's going to get better uh as we move towards the next gen hopefully there's more availability for consoles um and there's some you know cool special editions that come out and we'll talk about those as they do um but i i mean i think uh unless you got anything else sandy i think we're uh, we're all set here i think we are all set Happy New Year. So excited to be back. Cannot wait for you guys to hear what we have in store. Keep an eye out for Impact Wrestling and AEW now that we can see those two mashing up. Absolutely. Genesis later on today. So that'd be really cool. We'll talk about the results from that on next week's show. We'll talk about the next Impact show leading up to Hard to Kill January 14th. Did I get that date right, Joshua? 16. 16. 16. Damn it. So close. But yep, all of that coming up, lots of exciting stuff. And thank you guys so much for uh for your support. Yay. Absolutely. And I'll say uh, you know, like we always do, uh definitely make sure that you're subscribed. Uh make sure that you're uh rating the podcast. Uh leave us a nice review if you don't mind. Uh we really appreciate that. Make sure you follow uh, the Social Suplex Podcast Network feed as well. Uh you can get all of our shows in one handy feed. Uh, otherwise, you know, you can go out and check out uh, shows like Keeping a Strong Style, uh, One Nation Radio, All Things Elite, Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Show, Grave Consequences, uh, Great Match Generator. Um, I don't think I'm missing any. Maybe uh, Grown Men Watch This Shit. You know, definitely go out. Of your yeah, way I love the listen. name of that one. <laughs> I know. It is pretty. I mean, it's it's a great name for a podcast and a pretty good podcast. Uh, as well. Um, and then definitely check out our t-shirts on prowrestlingtees.com slash social suplex. Uh, they, I believe, are still running the New Year uh, yes. sale. So definitely check that it's out. Tonight, um, which is today. So today's today. the last day. Yep. So if you're listening today Year, on January 9th, yep, definitely make sure you go get your 8-Bit Suplex t-shirt. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, thanks for tuning in again and jumping on with us with the New Year. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, spending all of 2021 uh, in your ear holes. So uh, with that, uh, I'll say uh, thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> good night, guys. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.